All right, today's daf is daf test, page nine. We are three lines from the bottom of Ches Amudeis. All right? Now, fascinating daf today, as always. We're going to have a lot of life lessons. We're going to discuss the destruction of Mishkan Shiloh, the destruction of the Bote Mikdash, what led to the destruction, and this daf, today's daf, daf test, is going to begin with these words, Tanan Hasam, three lines to the bottom of and the reason why they start over here, why we starting with this, is for the following reason. Let's segue into today's daf, and that is, yesterday we ended off that there was a room that the Kayan went to for his seven days, which was called the Lishkas Parhedrin. And we explained that the reason why it was called the Lishkas Parhedrin even though its real name was the Lishkas Bilvati, is because the word Bilvati means nobleman, and the word Parhedrin means somebody appointed by the king, somebody appointed by the government, and Nebuch, the position of the Kohen Gadol, turned into a king-appointed position in the second base Hamikdash. Right? And therefore... When the Kaingado would go into this room, people stopped referring to the room as the Lishkas Bilvati because the Kahanim Gedailim were not noblemen. They were appointed people. And the Lishkas Parhedrin is not a positive name per se. Okay? That means you're appointed. And the same way the king would appoint new people every year, there was a new Kaingado every year. Now, based upon that understanding that the Lishkas Parhedrin has its name, from being an appointed position, the Gemara is going to start off with Tanan Hasam showing us another time, another area where the word parhedrin refers to appointed kings. Okay? And here we go. Says the Gemara, three lines to the bottom of Chasm and Beis, Tanan Hasam, we learned in a Mishnah elsewhere. Hanach Tumim. The commercial bakers. Alright? The halacha was as follows. When somebody buys a flour, a grain from an ama oretz, so from an, uh, an ignorant person, doesn't necessarily follow all the halachas, so you have to assume that there are some maestro, some tithing and truma that the ama oretz did not take. Okay? If you do buy grain from an Amaretz, it's called Demai. Demai is we're unsure whether it was tithed or not. Now, the, the Chachamim made a decree that for commercial bakers who, it's a, it's, listen, if you buy a lot, it's a lot of Meiser. And now you're buying Demai from an Amaretz. So the rabbi said, you know what? Commercial bakers, if they purchase Demai, do not need to separate Trumas, Meiser, and Chala. We're going to be lenient on you. Says the Gemara, why? Why? It's Demai. Listen to this, beautiful. It makes sense that the bakers do not have to separate Truma Gedayla. Why not? The Tanakh has learned their Bryson. Now we turn to the top of today's daf. We learned in our Bryson that Yechanan Kain Gadol, top Rashi on the Amud. He's the one who decreed about Demai that. 
people have to separate truma. He said you do not need to separate truma gedayla. Why? Because he sent agents throughout the land of Israel, and he saw she'ein mafrishin ella truma bavad that the, even the amaratzim were separating truma gedayla. So when you purchase, when the baker purchases from an amaratz, there's no concern that truma gedayla was not taken. We know truma gedayla was taken, and therefore the baker does not need to separate his own truma gedayla. It's already done. Okay. Now, my sarishon, my sir ani, namila. This is beautiful, isn't it? The baker doesn't have to separate my sarishon for the levi or my sir ani for the poor. You know why? Because hamaiti mechavel avrayim. Those are financial obligations. And to, if the levi wants his miser or the poor guy wants his miser, you know what? You know what the uh, the baker can say to them? You want my money? You want my miser? Whoever wants to remove money from another person, it's incumbent upon him to bring the proof. So the baker could say to the lady, Oh, you, Rabbi Levi, prove to me that, that the grain that I purchased from the Amaretz is not tithed yet. If you could prove it to me, then I'll tithe. But until you do it, I'm not tithing. Same thing with the poor guy. The poor guy says, oh, Mr. Baker, Rabbi Baker, give it to me. Rabbi Baker says, uh, excuse me, you, it's incumbent upon you to prove that the other guy didn't take my surat. Beautiful. Okay. Says the Gemara, Elamaiser Shani. But the baker separating my Shani, Nafrishu Venisku Venechlu Birushalayim. Is it incumbent upon him to anybody else to prove? No. Who eats the Maiser Shani? The owner himself, the baker himself. When I separate my sheni, I eat it myself. So ask the Gemara, why doesn't the baker need to separate my sheni? Why are we being lenient on him? If my sheni, there's a chance it was never taken. So why are we mentioning this whole b'risa? Because let's remember, we're trying to show that the word parhedrin is a government-appointed position, right? That's why we're bringing this b'risa into our sugya. So says the Gemara like this, Omar Ula. Ula says, because Shehaparhedrin Halalu, these parhedrin, okay, what about them? Chovtin Osan, they would patch, yeah, they beat the baker's kol shnei masar chaydesh the entire year, va'imrim lahem, and say to them, Michru Bezoil, Michru Bezoil, sell it for less expensive. They wanted. To uh, the, Rashi explains that there were government-appointed uh, officials who would take very high taxes from the bakers, and they wanted them to make a lot of sales, because the more sales that the bakers make, the more money the bakers are bringing in, the more taxes they could charge them. If they raise their prices, there's less people purchasing, and there's less, there's less currency flowing around, so there's less money for taxes. And therefore, and therefore the, the Rabbanon, did not bother the bakers because there was a to, to separate my Shani. You know why? Because there was enough government appointed positions driving these bakers Meshuggah. And therefore, we want to make it as easy on the bakers as possible because there's Parhedrin. Okay? Ask the Gemara, my Parhedrin, who are these Parhedrin that are going to beat the bakers? Porsi. All right, they're appointed officials, period. End of that brysa end of that discussion again just to remind ourselves why did we mention this brysa concerning miser to show us that parhedrin were government appointed positions and that's why this room for the kain gadol which in the time of the second base mixture became a government appointed position was called the lishkas parhedrin period okay
says the Gemara, we're about to go on to a fascinating sugya with beautiful imudim, beautiful messages and lessons for us concerning what went down in the time of these kaihanim gedailim, of this parhedjin. Let's get going. This is fascinating. Listen to this. Omar Rabbi Babrachan, Omar Rabbi Yechina. Rabbi Babrachan says, Name of Yechina. And my dechsev, what's the meaning of the posting that says, Yeras Hashem Taisif Yamushnais Rusham Tikraitsu. Tik, tik, tik tsarna. That when you fear Hashem, you'll have long days. But the years of the Rishaim, Tika Tsarna, will be shortened. Yeras Hashem Taisif Yam. When you fear Hashem, you'll have long days. That's Zen Mikdash Rishan. During the times the first base of Mikdash, there was Yeras Shemaim. What was it about the first base of Mikdash? Listen to this, fascinating. The first base of Mikdash stood for 410 years. Listen to this. A total of 18 Kayhanim Gedailim served throughout 410 years. Unbelievable. Okay? Each Kayan Gadol averaged decades. Of experience. Beautiful. That's now, how do you know that, that, that this is beautiful? We'll see in a minute. And the years their sham are cut short. This is time to make the shani. Listen to this, it's wild. The second base was an additional 10 years. The second base maker stood for 420 years. In 420 years, there were more than 300 kaihanim gedolim, and that's not it. That's not it. Listen to this math. Say mayhem our bomb shonashim shim not tzaddik. Out of that 420 years, shim not tzaddik, who was righteous, was kaying gadol for 40 years. So how many years left is there left for the remaining over 300? 380 years max for 300 kaihanim gedolim. Ushmainim shashim yeshechem kaying gadol. And Yechon and Gaigadol, who also started out as a big tzaddik, there's a discussion what happened at the end of his life, but he certainly served as Gaigadol for 80 years. That means that maximum for the other 300 Gaigadol, how many years did each one serve? There's 300 years left for the over 300 Gaigadol. And Esther Shemesh Yishol Ben Pachi, Yishmol Ben Pachi also served for 10 years. You're down to 290. And some say that Rebbe Lazim Ha'asim was for 11. So you're down to 279. Mikan go do the math. Kol echad ve'echad If there's an, if there's over three hundred kahanim gedolim, and two hundred seventy nine years remaining, guess what? Each kain gadol served less than a year. How's that possible? Mamish, what we spoke about in shul concerning this week's parsha, right? You go into the kaidish akadoshim when you're not fit. Parsha acharemus. You go into the when you're not fit. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. And that's what happened. These Kahanim served less than a year. The Kahanim let's say, would be appointed three months before Yom Kippur. Boom, he goes in, he see you later. Bye. You'd think at a certain point, <laughs> one of these guys who bought the position would say, uh, you know, uh, I don't fast well on Yom Kippur. <laughs> you know, something. Come up with some sort of excuse. You know, to get the backup to go. And I think I became Tomei. I had to go to a Leviah. You know, I, I, something. Garnish. These guys are all walking right in. It's an unbelievable lesson. It's an unbelievable lesson for us. And that is, we can guarantee each other. 
each Kayin Gadol that walked in, Mamish Pravd, as if I am fit to be the Kayin Gadol. That, that's, they were so, they, they were so crumb. They, they were so twisted up their minds. Oh, this, hat, this has been going on for the past 200 years, sweetheart. Every year there's no one. Nishmi, I'm the Chashem one. I'm the one who's going to make it through. Gone. See you later. Crazy. What a person's mind, what our minds can do for us. What it can do to us. It's a fascinating thing. says, Why was the Mishkan Shilai, right before the two Batei Mikdash of 410 and 420 years, uh, uh, stood? So there was a Mishkan that was set up in Shilai after we entered Ered Sol, and the Gemara tells us that that Mishkan was around for 369 years. Okay? The Mishkan lasted for quite some time. Why ultimately was it destroyed? Because there were two, due to two particular Averis, and that is immorality, Gili Arayas, and Bizoyan Kachin, a lack of respect for Kachin. These two things cause destruction of Mikdash Let's explain. Gili Arayas, what's the Gili Arayas? The Chsivit says, the Eli and Eli, Zakin Ma'id, was very old. He heard all that all that Bnei Yisrael, and also that his children were lying down with women. Hatzayvais, who uh, you know, who, who came to to be guests, Pesach at the entrance of the Ayel Okay, what this means is we know that after a woman had a child, she would come and bring. The kinim, she would bring a set of birds, right? The chatas and the ayla. And when they would come, Eli's sons did immorality with them. Now, what does this mean? Says the Gemara, uh, 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 this is actually a very um, often quoted, and we'll call it quasi-famous statement. V'af al-gav, the Amr of Shul bar the Amr of Yechon, even though Shul bar Nechmeni says in the Yonison, that kola omer b'nei Eli chayta enelatayah, Anybody who says Eli's son sinned is making a mistake, meaning they didn't actually uh, have relations with these women, do anything immoral with these women, but rather what it means, says Rav Shul Bar Nachmeni, what does it mean there was immorality? Listen to this, unbelievable. Mitaych, because top of Amabez, sheshohu eskinayim. The Eli's sons weren't careful to bring the carbonice of these women immediately. Mailayim akasav kilu shachman, says if they laid down with them. Why were these women bringing karbanis? To be muttered to their husbands. To be permitted to go back to their husbands after the birth. If these birds were not brought, they weren't permitted. Eli's sons weren't careful to bring these birds as soon as possible. And therefore, there were times where they delayed couples from being able to get back together physically. And because of that, that's the immorality that Eli's sons did. Okay? So that's the source that there were bad things um, as far as immorality that were going on by Mishkan Shiloh. The other cause of the destruction of Mishkan Shiloh was Bizayin Kachin, a lack of respect for Kachin. What's that? Says the Gemara. Tuchsiv. It says in the Pasuk, Gambiterem Yaktirum, even before they would burn, Es Hachelev, the Fats that would get burned on the Mizbeach, Ubanar Akayim, 
and a young kind uh, would come the Omar lo ish and say to a man Hazayveah who was bringing the, the who was bringing the carbon give me some meat for the kahanim we're not waiting for the for everything to be burned we we give us our meat raw we want it now in other words like this the halacha is that the kahanim themselves got portions of some carbonos but they were not allowed to eat their portions until the parts that got that were supposed to be burnt on the mizbeach were actually burnt and the kahanim in this passage referring to the young kahanim were jumping the gun and they were taking their portions before the parts were being burnt on the mizbeach too fast this is bizayin kachim yeah there's a maisa there's a story um I'm not going to say any names because I'm sure it's brought down with a, with a whole bunch of names. There was, uh, somebody came to a Rebbe asking for money. And um, the Rebbe puts a lot of uh, his pidgin money on the desk and he says, I'll be back in a few minutes. He walks out and this guy who's so poor, Nebuch, he's starving, he's so hungry, he sees all this money and he's like, I need to have some of this money, I need to have some of this money. The rabbi's taking a little bit of time to come back. He's, he can't control himself. He pockets some of the money. The rabbi comes back. He sits down. And he sees some of the money's missing. So he says to the Yid, he says, let me tell you something. I was going to give you money anyway. You can keep it. But you should know the money just came into your hand. The tumma, The iser. It came to your hand in a forbidden way, in an impure way. You want to take it? Go take it. But you should know that because it's Baruch who decides the money is that's going to come to a person. Sometimes we jump too fast. It'll come to us. But sometimes we jump too fast and we do it and we try to grab things in a way that it's forbidden. Chill out. If you don't do it, you don't cheat on your this and then try to play games with this. Because Baruch will send you the money a different way. He'll say, don't worry. What are you hacking? These kayhanim. That Bizayan Kajim, they're gonna be able to eat their steaks in a couple hours. Just wait. No, they jumped the gun. They took it too fast. And they would then the Kahanim would allow this to happen. Go take it. Yeah, you have a taiva, go take it. Right? No, give it to us now. Where we're gonna take it, uh, we'll take it bechazaka, we'll strong arm you. And this Avera was tremendously great. Because they disgraced the Mincha of Hashem. Okay? So, says the Gemara like this. There are two primary Averas why prior to the Beis HaMikdash, Shiloh, the Mishkan Shiloh was destroyed. Bizayin Kachim. And immorality. Okay. Now that we got onto the Mishkan, now the Gemara is going to ask, what about the Beis Hamikdash that stood for 410 years that had 18 Kahanim? It seems the Kahanim Gedailim were Chashiva people. What went wrong that the first Beis Hamikdash was destroyed? Mikdash Rishim of Neymachar. The first Beis Hamikdash, why was it destroyed? What we call in Yiddishkeit the big three, because they transgressed idolatry, adultery, and murder. Avayt the Zara. How do you know they were serving Avayt the Zara? The Chsiv ki kotsar amatza mei hish Because, listen, unbelievable. So, so powerful. The, the, the bed is too small 
for those who want space. The hamasecha and the covering tsara is too narrow. Mehiskanes. Mehiskanes means for two to enter. Listen to this. My amata What does it mean that the 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 how do we translate this? The bench is too small. The bed is too small for two people. Says Rashi. Unbelievable thing. There's no room for two friends to sit there. Vos means, what does this mean? There's no room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Avaydazar. What's going on here? It's so powerful. We think that when they served Avaydazar, this means they turned away from Hashem. Right? That's how we picture Bali Avaydazar. People who turn away from Hashem, they stop believing in Hashem. And they start believing the Avaydah Zarah. Our Gemara says no. That was not the Avaydah Zarah sin. What happened was people started believing in things in addition to Ashkadosh Baruch Hu. They tried putting two powers on one bench. Hashem, I believe in you. But you know who else I believe in? My boss. You know who else I believe in? The stock market. You know who else I believe in? This little uh, Buddha that says made in China on bottom. I know there's an Abishter. I know there's a God. But there's other powers too. When we say Klaisal turned to Abay Zarah, it's not like we envision that they could be there. No. They, they, they made it like, oh, let's add more powers to the tab. Yeah, let's add more powers to the tab. There's no room for two. In a world where there's Akadosh Baruch Hu, Akadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere. There's no room for a Yid to believe in anything else. Um, Roshul Barachmeni. Barachmeni when Rabbi Yonison would come to this Pasuk, he would cry. Omar. And he said, Man kane The one who says about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he gathered together the waters of the ocean. He's got this little thing, this little statue that says made in China next to him. How pathetic. How pathetic that there are so many things that we idolize and we give power to that have no connection at all to the greatness and vastness of the glory of HaKadosh Baruch. So that's how we know there was, adultery, there was idolatry. There was idolatry because the public says they were putting two powers on one couch. Okay. How do you know in the first base of Mikdash there was also adultery? Give that rise. That's it. Hashem. Hashem says, Yan ki gabu Okay, that's the Pasuk. Now the Gemara is going to explain each part of that Pasuk. Let's go through it. The first part of the Pasuk was, let's keep reading. Because the Jewish girls were gavaya. They were arrogant. What does that mean? You know what they would do? They would, the, the taller girls would walk next to the shorter girls. Why? Because it's attractive. Not necessarily that it's attractive to be tall, but it catches attention. When you have two opposite type of things, now you've caught attention. And now that you have, uh, now that you have uh, somebody's attention, oh, Gavaldic. So now you can move to step two. And they had long necks. What does that mean? The outstretched necks. What does that mean? They walked... I'm going to translate this American. They walked with swag. 
they had a swagger when they walked. All right? They walked with swagger. Sakra Yisinayim really comes from the word sheker, with lying eyes. What does that mean? They would put an exceedingly uh, large amount of makeup over their eyes so that people would look at them. And they would float as they went. They would walk in a way, what we call in America, they would strut. They would strut. And their feet, there would be venom. What does that mean? Rabbi says, They would bring myrrh, right? The, the spice that we learned about in Shabbos. And they would make sure to put it on their shoes. Because shoes are constantly leaving dust behind, right? Leaving things behind them. So it would leave a nice scent. Behind them, and after they walked out, when the when the young men of Klal Yisrael would uh, would walk by that same spot, their goal was to spew the venom of the Yitzhahara, to attract the guy's attention. Continuing on that theme, okay. So you see from here, so far what we've proven is during the first base Hamikdash. Culturally, this is what became accepted. Idolatry? It was culturally. Not only that a few Yechidim did this. It was accepted. You could believe in other things besides for Hashem. Hashem plus. And adultery is, it became accepted that people can walk around uh, trying to attract attention in an immoral way. Shvich is How do you know that it was murder? It says, uh, spilled a lot of blood. Until there was blood in Shlaim from one end to the other. What is, uh, so, um, you know, we, this is a very unfortunate story of King Menashe, where he, he uh, murdered Yeshayahu Hanavi. Nasha murdered Yeshayahu Anavi, and it, by Yeshayahu being killed, this great Godel Adar and Navi, this prophet being killed, it was as if everything ended. Like Klal Yisrael as a whole was murdered. Okay. We discussed Mishkan Shiloh, why it was destroyed. We discussed Mikdash Rishain, why it was destroyed. Avol Mikdash Sheni. But by the second temple, by the second base of Mikdash, Shayu Aiskim Batarev and Mitzvahs, there's Yeshivas, there's Chesed, Gemilus Chasodim, Bipni Machara. Why is it destroyed? Answers the Gemara, Mipnei Shaisa by Sinas Chinom. Because there was unnecessary hatred, the Lametcha, which teaches you, Sheshkulah Sinas Chinom, Sinas Chinom is just as bad. By the second Mishamikdash, all these things were not going on. But we couldn't get along. And because there was Sinas Chinam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to destroy the Mishamikdash. Says the Gemara, Rishoim, 
Hoyu Eloshatolu Bitchainam Bahakodish Baruchu. Okay, says the Gemara, they were Rishaim, but they hung their bitochen on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does that mean? Says the Gemara, very interesting. Listen to this. Ason Lamikdash Rishay. Dixiv Rosheha Bishoychad Yishpaitu. The heads are judging with bribery. Chayanel Bimchir Yairu. And the Kahuna Gadayla is being purchased with money. Unviyeha and its prophets. Bitketsef Yiksaimu. They yearn for wealth. They yearn for money. Okay? Meaning, you wanted a good prophecy? Show me the money. Okay? You got you to show, you got to fork over some cash. And we'll interpret things properly. What does that mean? Says the Gemara. I'm sorry, I lost the place. Balashem Yishainu, but they still say, Baruch Hashem, everything's Hashem, our lion Hashem. Yeah, we're big tzaddikim. We're learning time. We're learning in yeshiva, right? We're sitting in front of a gemara. We're learning daf yaimi. So everything's great. Hashem can't do anything to us because we're sitting here learning Torah. Even though the God of Gedolim were from bribery, the neviim were uh, were after wealth. The judges were being bribed. Brought three decrees on Klal Yisrael, Kenegat Sholish Averis Shabiyodam, for the three Averis that are in their hand. And the three Averis either are referring to the Kahanim Gedailim, the judges and the prophets, or it's referring to the adultery, idolatry, and murder. Shinamar says, Lachain Beglalchem Tsiyain Sadef Echoris, because of you, Tsiyain is now plowed over, Vishlaim Iyim Tiyya Baharabayis Labamais Ya'ar. And now it's just a forest. And there's nothing there. Says the Gemara. A shayla. Or we'll call it a challenging question. We just said that during the first base Hamikdash, there were three cardinal sins. Three big sins, right? The big three, what we call in Judaism. By the second base Hamikdash, there was none, but there was sinas chinam. Ask the Gemara. One second. How do you know the first base was, how do you know the first base was destroyed for those three? Maybe it also was destroyed for sinas chinam. That you should fear my sword, and therefore I'm going to cut you down. What does that pasuk mean? These are people who pretend to be friends, but they backstab each other. And you see that these things were going on. People speaking about each other, stabbing each other's backs, behind each other's backs, even during the first base of Mikdash. Maybe that's why the base of Mikdash was destroyed. Says the Gemara, That's what was happening amongst the Nisiyah Yisrael, the princes of Yisrael. Cry out, for this is what was going on amongst my people. The Tanya, we learned, Cry out, my men. One might think that all the sin Aschinam happened everywhere. Talmud Lemar, he, the whole Nesia Yisrael, was only amongst the Nesia Yisrael. What the Gemara is answering is like this. Was there sin Aschinam during the first base Hamikdash? Yes. However, that sin Aschinam was amongst the leaders of Klal Yisrael, which shouldn't have happened. But it wasn't a cultural, social thing that was going on amongst Klal Yisrael. 
By the second base of Mikdash, Sinas Chinam was a culture. By the first base of Mikdash, it went on, but it was only in the higher ups. Those, uh, you know, rubbing each other wrong, you know, trying to, I want to do, you know, I want more attention than you. My, you, you do better marketing than me. I don't like your kolel, you like my kolel, your shul, this shul. Okay, fine, that's for the r- ridiculous. But an average person didn't get involved in Sinas Chinam. But they were involved in Idolatry, adultery, and, and uh, immorality. Okay. Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Lazar, Dami Tarvai, Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Lazar both say, Rishaynim shenizgala vaynam nizgala kitzom. The ones earlier, during the first base HaMikdash, where it became known, their Averois, their end also became known. Acharaynim shalay nizgala vaynam. But the second base HaMikdash, Oh, they were backstabbers. It was sinas chinam culturally, Rashi explains. So they didn't let the other person know they were upset at them or that they were speaking about them. Everybody, no, everybody, everybody, nobody was able to trust each other anymore. So, their end is not revealed, meaning we're still suffering from it. The first Beis Hamikdash they knew was going to be 70 years of Gullus. The second Beis Hamikdash, when we weren't open with each other, and that sinas chinam, and that's what caused the destruction is why we also don't know now how long this gullus is going to be. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shh. The fingernail, the tzipirin, of earlier generations is greater than the stomachs of the later generations. Okay? Meaning a stomach is a vital part of a person's body. Fingernail is not a vital part. You have to realize the greatness of those earlier compared to those later. Amr Ishlakish. Amr Ishlakish. Ishlakish says to his beloved brother-in-law, Rabbi Echanan. They love to go at it, right? Adagabe. No, Rabbi Echanan, just opposite. The later ones are better. Even though we've been in Galos for over 2,000 years, we're still sitting here learning Taira. You know how hard it is, says Reish Lakish, to stay from Yid, living amongst the Goyim for so many years, for so many centuries? Omar Lei, Rabbi Yechen says back to his brother-in-law, Bira Teichiach, I will prove from the Beis HaMikdash. It must be the people of the first Beis HaMikdash were better because they got the Beis HaMikdash back 70 years later. And the second Beis HaMikdash, they, it still hasn't gotten back. Earlier generations are better, or are the later generations greater? Who's greater? Omar Lahem. I'll tell you, you want to know the answer? Look at whether we have the Beis HaMikdash. Okay? Look at whether we have the Beis HaMikdash. Okay? That... Um, by the first base Hamikdash, it wasn't totally knocked down, and it was also short term. Second base Hamikdash was completely destroyed, and as we saw from the previous verses, Yushalayim was plowed over. So you see from the extent of the destruction, which one was worse? That your aid is the temple, your aid is the base Hamikdash. Like we said, second base Hamikdash isn't here, it must be the Sinas Chinam was much worse. 
Reish Lakish Havasachi the Yardena. Reish Lakish was swimming in the Yardain, the Jordan River. Asa Rabba Babrachana. Rabba Babrachana came. Yahavle Yada. He stretched out his hand to help him out of the water. Omar Lei Eloka. Sonena Lechu. Hakadish Baruchu does not like people from Babel. Okay? Okay? He doesn't like people from Babel. Dixiv. Because it says in the Pasuk, I'll explain what this means in a minute. He was talking to a Gadol, right? So what does he mean? So we'll explain in a minute. It says, If there's a wall, you build upon it a silver crown. If it's a door, you build a, a Erez, a cedar, uh, a cedar um, luach, tablet, a cedar tablet, like a door, a uh, cover. Which means, if Klai Yisrael makes themselves like a wall, this is what, follow along, this is what Rish Lakish is explaining. And you would have come up to, with us, for the second base Hamikdash, in the days of Ezra. Nimshaltem kakeset. You'd be like silver. She'ein rak of boy. That never rots. Silver tarnishes, but it never rots. Aksha, but now she'alisem kedlosas, that you've come like doors. Okay, so nimshaltem keerez, you're like cedar wood. Sheharakov shaylebay that can decay. Let's pause for a minute. In order to understand this conversation, we have to know a little bit of history. We have to know a little bit of history. After the seventy years of Golos were up, Ezra came back with a few thousand yidden to rebuild Eretz Yisrael. Right. Most of the Yidden and Babel did not come back with Ezra. Over the course of time, they ultimately made their way back. But there were many throughout the time of the second base of Mikdash, which was up for 420 years, which gets us into the times of the Tanoyim, that continued uh, to live in Babel. They never came back. And this is what Reish Lakish was lamenting. He's saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not happy with you that you didn't join us or my ancestors when we all came back for the second base Amigdash. If you would have, you would have been like silver and been protected. But now that you're only coming now, uh, you know, later on, once the base Amigdash is rebuilt and you, you, you missed that pioneerism uh, side of things, so Memela, you're going to lose out as well. My eras, what does it mean that it's like cedar? Amar Ula Sasmogar. Ula says that it's, uh, there's a worm called sasmogar that can eat at cedar. My sasmogar, what is that? Amr of Abba Baskol. Ravaba says it's considered a, that uh, this sasmogar is a baskol. Kiddetanya, like we learned in Ebraisa, Mishamesu Neviyam Achroinim Chagai Zechariah Malachi. When the last Neviyam, Chagai Zechariah Malachi, passed away, but even so, even though so, there was no longer any prophecy, there still was a baskol. And that's what this word sasmogar is referring to. Vereish Lakish says the Gemara, and Reish Lakish, would he say such a thing to Rabbi Barbrachana? Umar Rebbe Lazar, the Mara Darv Yisrael, have a layout mishtoy reish lakish by day. Reish lakish never spoke to uh, Rebbe Lazar, who 
was, uh, who was one of the G'daylei Paiskim of Eretz Yisrael. Deman, lost the place, I'm sorry. Deman, the Mishnoi, Reish Lakish, Vatei Beshok, Yavalei, Iska, Sadi. Because anybody who Reish Lakish spoke to in the Shuk would, um, would be people that anybody would trust. Reish Lakish was incredibly careful with anybody who he spoke to. If he didn't know he can even, you had the utmost integrity, he wouldn't have a conversation with the person. Still, Bahadi Rabbi Barachana Mishtoi, would he talk with Rabbi Barachana, meaning Rabbi Lazar was the G'day Paiskin. Reish Lakish didn't deem him proper. Why would he even have a conversation with Rabbi Barachana if he's on a lower, if he was less than Reb, than uh, Rabbi Lazar? Amar Rafapa says, you're right. Shidei Gavra Beinayhu Shidei Gavra Beinayhu uh, put somebody else in between them, meaning change the names around. Either Reishlokish was swimming and Ze'iri was the one who he said to him, I, you know, you're, uh, you missed out by not coming back to Bavel. And Ze'iri was known to be from the G'daylei Paiskim. Or, or maybe it was Rabbi Babarachana who was walking by still. We're going to stick to that, but instead of having Reishlokish swimming, it was Rabbi Elazar swimming. He also the commander of Yechanan when Reishlakish came in front. Uh, when Reishlakish came to Rabbi Yechanan, his beloved brother-in-law, Omar Lei, Rabbi Yechanan said to him, "La v'hainu taima." He says, "I'll tell you the difference between the second base hamikdash and the first base hamikdash." Okay, and again, what do we? Reishlakish was of the opinion that the reason why the second base on Mikdash was not as good is because, and this is what the Taino was, this is what the claim was, is because not all of Klai Yisrael came back. If Klai Yisrael would have followed Ezra as a whole, so then we would have had the Shekhinah in a much stronger capacity. So he told this to Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon says, No, that's not the reason why the second base on Mikdash never reached its full glory. Inami, um, because if, uh, or you could say, Siliku kulu Ezra, even if everybody would have come back with Ezra, still you wouldn't have had the Shekhinah. There's beauty to Yafes. However, only dwells in the house of shame. What does that mean? We'll end off with this line, top of Gav, even though the Yafes, even though Yafes, which is Persia has beauty. You ever see Persian building palaces? Ah, even though there's beauty, they got good taste. The Shechina only resides in Ohalei Shem. What does that have to do with anything? Shem refers to Torah. But as we know, the second Beis Hamikdash was not built completely by Kedusha. It was, it was the, the kings of Persia after Achashverosh, right? It was the kings of Persia that allowed the second Beis HaMikdash to be built and played a role in the Beis HaMikdash being built since the second Beis HaMikdash wasn't built completely by Yidin. That's why you never ultimately reached the same level of Shechina to reside in it as the first Beis HaMikdash, which is an important message for us. Very important message. If we want the Shechina to reside in something, if we want the Shechina to be everlasting, we need to be careful with its establishment, how we establish it. If we make sure that it's Kedusha, but you know, through and through, Kaddish through and through, that really allows the eternity 
to remain for that edifice or that project. And we will hold it here for this evening and Bez Hashem pick up from here tomorrow night.